this is kind of the main friction in freak shows when we look at it in popular culture. The l limiting of the study of freak shows was was limited because it was seen as, you know, a low class, low art kind of display to titillate, you know, the uneducated masses. And this is something that comes as a backlash from something that is very formative in the formation of freak shows. Um, that we're going to talk about in the next episode in the formation of the institution of freaks and how these traveling displays and circuses came about um, through the guise of scientific inquiry. This is illuminating about how our understanding and attitudes have shifted so much in the study of this phenomenon that now the freaks are seen as not so much aberrations of nature and curiosities of deformity, but instead as people first and foremost. People with disabilities who, in some part, were subjected to exploitation in order to survive in a world that was indifferent to their needs. But first, I suppose it's very important to understand how we constructed the freak in our social consciousness. And this is what this episode is about. It's about defining what the freak was and giving us a basis of understanding of their popularity. The construction of the freak is one of the most important aspects of the freak show. It is not simply enough to be simply unusually tall or short. There has to be some narrative just narrative constructed around the reasoning for your abnormality. In the mid-1920s, Jack Earl, a very tall University of Texas student visiting the Ringling Brothers Circus Sideshow, Clyde Inglings, the show's famous manager, spotted Earl in the audience and after the show approached the young man and asked, how would you like to be a giant? So while it is uncertain how much of this story has changed or been incorporated into circus lore, clarified what freak show personnel understood but outside observers neglect. Being extremely tall is a matter of physiology, but being a giant involves something more. Similarly, being a freak is not a personal matter, a, a physical condition that some people may have, but the onstage freak is something else offstage. Freak is a frame of mind, a set of practices, a way of thinking about and presenting people. It is the enactment of a tradition, the performance of a stylized presentation. So, when we think about that, that is that is at the core of freaks. It is the construction of a narrative. In discussion of human oddities in the 18th and 19th century, there developed an important and revealing, albeit blurry and non-inclusive, distinction between two types of exhibits. The distinction is revealing because it illustrates the connection between science and freak shows, a connection that showmen profited by and tried to maintain well into the 20th century. The distinction was be was between so-called examples of new and unknown races and lusus naturae, or nature's jokes or mistakes. Tribal people brought to the United States with all of the accoutrements of their culture out of context stimulated the popular imagination and kindled belief in races of tailed people, dwarves, giants, or even people with double heads. This type of freak is predicated on the half-truths and speculative knowledge that most Westerners knew about lands outside of the Western Hemisphere. If you if you want to hear more about this in history, check out some of our first episodes. While most people knew of the existence of places like India, the Pacific Islands, China, Vietnam, and countless other places in the East, concrete facts about them or the people that lived there were few and far between. Thus came opportunities for the showman. This is where, you know, People like P.T. Barnum and the Ringling Brothers and agents for freaks come in. Uh, they fill in these gaps with stories of misted jungles full of dark-skinned pygmies with American dwarves with little more than an Italian complexion and a diminutive stature. 
The second major category of exhibit consists of monsters, the medical term for people born with a demonstrable difference. Lusus natrae or nature's freaks were of interest to physicians for whom the field of teratology, that's a word I've never had to say out loud, um, the study of these so-called monsters had become a fad. In the last quarter of the 19th century, the blurred distinction between species and freaks of nature became moot. All human exhibits, including tribal people of normal stature and body configuration, as well as people who performed unusual feats such as sol- swallowing swords, fell under the generic term freak. Those 20th century authors who have written about the sideshow, mainly popular historians and humanities scholars, address the question, what were the various kinds of human freaks by concentrating on the, f- the physical characteristics of exhibits with abnormalities? Their books and articles are organised like medical and special education textbooks with headings covering such topics as little people, that includes dwarves and other people with uh, diminutive genetic diseases, I think that's the correct term, um, giants, hairy people, human skeletons, armless and legless wonders, wild men, fat people, albinos, Siamese twins, people with extra limbs, half women, half men, people with skin disorders and anatomical wonders. They are eager to provide readers with a quick course in genetics and endocrinology and embryology. One of the most widely read Dreamer's Very Special People romanticizes exhibits by casting them as courageous warriors battling their disadvantage they received at birth. These writings, however, ignore exhibits without blatant physical abnormalities, not to mention the social construction of freaks. And it, you know, it's endlessly funny to think about that simply a woman with facial hair or an obese person was enough to constitute a freak of nature. It's sad at the same time, but you know, when we think about how little we knew about the wide world and like how people are different is really, you know, it illuminates how different we were at that time in terms of knowledge and how much those were the general categorizations after the golden age of freaks during the height of freak acts they are generally broken down into three categories born freaks made freaks and novelty acts born freaks are people who had genuine physical abnormalities who developed them naturally 